This week on I Watch This As An Adult Movie Reviews, I give my review of Creed 3, and I also review the 2000s action comedy, Charlie's Angels. I spent the last seven years of my life living out my wildest dreams. Bianca, Rocky, my dad. This was built on their shoulders. Hey, my man, can I help you? Let me get an autograph. Nah, I ain't signing the autographs, but you get off my car. You don't remember me, huh? Damien. How long were you locked up? 18 years, bro. Just got out last week. Glad to have you back out, huh? I know I've been away a long time, but I kept myself in shape. I still got gas in the tank. Come by the gym. Thank you. Curious what happened with you two. I didn't tell you. We was like brothers. I was the best, though. But I never got a chance to prove that. That's cute. I know what you're doing, Donnie. You don't owe this dude nothing. Damien's fighting the world. He's trying to hurt people. I vouch for you. You think you mad? Try spending half your life in a cell. Watching somebody else live your life. I'm coming for everything. You threatening me? Something is going on with you. Damien was like family. We pass talking. Then maybe you just have to find him. Do what I gotta do. Some of my methods you might disagree with me. These are family ties. I recognize mine. I know that they needed me. Traumatic stress. Watch it manifest. Got my only fear. I ain't scared of death. Did you hear me yet? I ain't scared of death. Did you hear me yet? What you gonna do? Threaten to take my breath? I need you to let go of your fear. Let go of the guilt. Let go of whatever was and walk into what is. I feel those chains are breaking, yeah. I fear God, I don't fear death. I see those strengths and take a step. And welcome to our Watch This As an Adult Movie Reviews. I'm your host, Mikkel Ford going to give you my review of Creed 3. This review is going to be kind of a uh, out of the theater reaction slash in slash in-depth review because I just I just got out of the theater. I just came home from seeing Creed 3. So this that's what this is going to be. It's going to be a slash it's going to be a slash out of react out of the theater reaction slash uh, kind of in-depth review. I'm not gonna go really in-depth because, uh, like, I, this is a movie that you need to watch. I don't want to spoil a lot. So if you haven't seen it, uh, go see it. Um, first of all, before I get into the review, um, this was the most full I've ever seen a movie theater since the pandemic ended. Like, since, uh, since 2020, uh, since March, since March of 2020, this is like the the fullest I've ever seen a movie theater. It was pretty packed in the movie theater 
uh, I was in. I, and that seems, it seems, it, it just seems to be, uh, um, it's, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think, I'm sorry. Um, it just seems that, uh, regular movies are coming back to me. Like, non-superhero movies are coming back in vogue again. Uh, because I went to go see Ant-Man and the Wild Quantumania review is up now. Uh, <laughs> review is up now. I went to go see Ant-Man. I went to go see Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. And that theater wasn't as nearly as full as it was for Creed 3. Uh, some people may say that it's because it's a black movie. And like, I'll be honest, like, yeah, black people, we, we come up, we come out for our own. We show out for our own. We always do. But... I wouldn't really consider Creed 3 a black movie. I mean, like, what is a black movie in 2023? I I feel like all movies are just mainstream now. I mean, like, Michael B. Jordan is a mainstream actor. Uh, Jonathan Majors, he's an upcoming mainstream actor. Tessa Thompson, she's a mainstream actor. Like, all three of these people have been in Marvel movies, you know? For God's sake, like all three of them have been in Marvel movies. Um, and it's just like, and it's just like, I don't really see them as black actors, I just see them as actors. Like, there's a lot of hip hop in the there's a lot of hip hop in the movie. Uh, hip hop is a global phenomenon now. I don't even see that as, as black music anymore, that's just mainstream music now. You know, uh, they say they say nigga a lot. I mean, but everybody says nigga, you know, <laughs> these days. So, <laughs> and like that's a mainstream word now. But um, it's not it's not the right word to say for some people. But it's a mainstream word now. Um, but yeah, I just feel like a lot of people showed up for this movie. Like this is the the fullest I've ever seen a movie theater in the past three years in the past three years because even when I went back finally went back to the movie theater when I reviewed Black Widow like it wasn't as it wasn't as packed but I could understand we just getting over the pandemic like a lot of the a lot of the Marvel movies that I've reviewed and I went to go see uh they they haven't had a big showing like when I and I went to go see them on weekends when people are off. Like, I went to go see them on uh, Fridays or Saturdays or Sundays. I went to go see these movies when people are off. And then, like, there was barely anybody in the theater. Even for Wakanda Forever, there wasn't that many people in the theater for Wakanda Forever. Um, But, like, I was like, wow, this is the most people... I've seen in the movie theaters, I want to say since maybe Spider-Man No Way Home. Like, people showed out for Spider-Man No Way Home. I, 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 I have to, I have to be honest about that, but, like, but it's, it just seemed like everybody showed up for Creed 3. It was like, I'm, like, I'm thinking that that superhero fatigue uh, shit might be real. You know, like, I'm thinking that that might be real. That might be a real thing. I think people, I think normal, I think normal people are tired of superhero movies. That's how a movie like Top Gun Maverick made so much money. Creed Three is gonna make a lot of money. I think that that movie might make a billion dollars. 
Like, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out on a limb, man. Like Creed Three might make a billion dollars because, like the the because all the people I saw show up, like everybody, black, white, everybody showed up to watch Creed Three. Like this movie might be a sleeper hit. This movie might be the Top Gun of 2023. It might be. Who knows? But uh, cause Top Gun came out really early in the year 2022. Like it came out really early. And it, it was the biggest movie of the year. It was the biggest movie of the year. I mean, I think people are tired of... I think people are, t- like, are tired of the superhero stuff. They're tired of the superhero stuff. They're tired of the nerd stuff. They're, like, taking over cinema. Uh, you know, like, all this all this nerd stuff. Because, like, like, it's not just that. Because there's, there's a new Transformers movie coming out. There's a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie coming out that they just announced, like, I think last night. Um, I saw like the cast of that. Um, that does uh, Seth Rogen's doing that, but um, it just it just seems like uh, a lot of the geek stuff. Like, is people are getting they're getting fucking tired of like normal people are getting fucking tired of it. They just want to go to the movies to see movies. They don't want to they don't want to have to do research to go and see a movie. They just want to go see a movie now cuz nowadays like with the Marvel movies and all these other movies that are like superhero adjacent, it's like, "Oh, you got to read issue blah 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 to understand this." And like these people ain't trying to do no homework. They really not. They really not trying to do no homework. Like Marvel's getting to the point where you got to do homework. You know, they're getting to that point where it's like, "Oh, I don't know where this character came from." It's like, "Well, you need to read um you need to read Avengers number 57 to understand that or you need to read the eternals or you need to read guardians of the galaxy uh issue 100 you know and normal people ain't trying to do that shit they're really not they're really not trying to do that shit no more i think the i think that we might be in a new era this might be the era of the blockbuster movie coming back of the regular non-superhero blockbuster movie coming back this might be the year of the superstar again uh this just actors coming back because like uh Jonathan Majors Jonathan Majors is having a hell of a year this year like this guy might be this guy might be the next Will Smith like he might be the next Will Smith he might be the next Tom Cruise he like he might be the guy I think Michael B. Jordan is coming up and like he might be the next guy too um like there's a lot of like like there's a lot of we're gonna we're gonna probably see a lot of up and coming actors like just turn into superstars over the coming years and like we're probably gonna look back on this decade and be like oh wow they finally uh figured out how to make movie stars again <laughs> you know so but let me get into this movie let me get into this movie um I'm gonna be honest about this movie because that's the only way I know how to be uh I found I found this movie kind of boring I'm sorry like I I came out of this movie feeling really apathetic you know and it's nothing against any of the actors everybody did their job everybody did their job Michael B. Jordan did his job he did a great job directing as well I enjoyed his directing his directing was great um it's great for a first timer as well like it was really good you could tell that he studied a lot of great directors um like he's he, he does he does some good acting in here tessa thompson does some good acting in here uh 
Alicia Rashad uh, does some good acting in here. Oh, my man Wood Harris. <laughs> Everybody knows the running gag on this show. My arch nemesis Wood Harris. <laughs> I always have to. I always have to preface that with like I don't really hate the guy. It's just ever since I seen him in Above the Rim, like I hate that character. <laughs> you know, like I hate that character in Above the Rim and that he plays. Like that. Like that character is just such a bitch ass nigga. But uh, but I don't hate him. I like Wood Harris. But like. It's, a, it's, a, it's just a ruddy joke on the show where it's like my arch in my arch nemesis Wood Harris, but uh, you know, but, but he's really good in this. Like he gives a phenomenal performance. Uh, the little girl that plays uh, Creed's daughter, like phenomenal little actress. I can see like she has a lot of charisma. I can see a lot of stuff coming out of her in the future. I can see her character, the way they're setting her character up in this franchise. I can see her character like getting a bigger role in the future um it's just uh i talked about jonathan majors jonathan majors phenomenal again like phenomenal acting in this movie but it's just the way that the movie was put together and i i understand like this movie was building up to something it was building up to something like but there wasn't there wasn't a lot of fighting like there wasn't a lot of boxing in this movie. Uh, all the boxing happened like maybe like in the last forty-five minutes of the movie. I want to say we got like we we open with a boxing match with Creed and uh, his old nemesis, pretty Ricky Conlon. Um, they fought again. We open with that, and then like there's a whole like fifty minutes of like n- no boxing. You know, <laughs> there's sparring, but there's no boxing. Um, and I was kind of disappointed at that. I wanted to see more of, uh, Jonathan. I wanted to see more of, uh, Jonathan Major's character. I wanted to see more of Jonathan Major's character, like, beating people up. I wanted to see how vicious of a character, uh, Dame, Dame Anderson could be. That's his character's name, Dame Anderson. I wanted to see how vicious Dame Anderson could be because like the way he was coming off he was coming off like Mike Tyson I want I just wanted to see this dude like run through guys for a good maybe 20 30 minutes you know that's what I wanted to see I wanted to see him run through dudes like he beats one dude <laughs> it was like, he beats one guy and then all of a sudden he just like comfortable you know, he get comfortable, he ain't hungry no more, because, like, the, the beginning of the movie, he just got out of jail, he hungry, like, he want a shot, he just, and he just, like, pestering, he pestering Adonis for a title shot, he like, I want a shot, I want a title shot, you can hook that up for me, you gonna hook that up for me, where that title shot at, Donnie, where it at, you know, like, and he just, and he just pestering uh, Adonis uh for a title shot and Adonis is just like I can't just like move you up the card like that you know like I can't I can't just convince them to to make the to make you number one contender I just can't right he was just he was just telling them that he was like you got you like you still an amateur he was like you like you ain't fought since you got out of jail pretty much he was saying and so and so he was just like all right he and then like he finally got he finally got the title shot you know, and one, and that was it, it was just, I wanted to see more, you know, I wanted to see more of Dame Anderson just, just running through dudes until he got Adonis Creed's attention, 
you know, until it was just like, yeah, uh, Adonis, I want you now, you know, I want to fight you or something like that. Or like Adonis, or like Adonis sees how vicious uh, and how much of a monster Dame is, how dirty of a fighter he is and how just, because he's a dirty fighter. He's a dirty fighter and he just sees that and he's just like, yo, man, why you fighting all, why you fighting so dirty, man? Like, you, you don't fight with honor. And he'd be like, and Dame would just be like, man, shut up, man. Like, I got the title and like, you want to fight me? And then that's how I thought that was like, that's how Adonis was going to come out of that. But no, it's just a whole bunch of, it's just a whole bunch of talking. It's just a whole bunch of goddamn talking. And it made me feel real apathetic about the movie. It made me feel real apathetic about the outcome of the movie. You know, I mean, like, they're setting up, like I said, like, they're setting up something for his daughter. You know, like, uh, Adonis, Adonis' daughter, they, like, they setting, they're, like, they're setting her up in the background. Like, she's going to be something. Like, Creed 4, when they make that in, like, 2033, <laughs> like, when that girl is, like, 16, 17 years old. <laughs> you know, when they make that movie, uh... When they make that movie, like, she's probably going to be at the forefront because they're setting her up heavy. But, like, other than that, man, like I said, great acting. Uh, the last the last boxing match was incredible. I, I enjoyed that. But it's not much. There's not much else, man. It's just great acting, a great boxing match at the end, and so what? You know, pretty much that. It's like... The more this series goes along, the more apathy I feel for it. Because I love the first one. I love the first Creed. I, uh, I like Creed 2. I don't love it. I like Creed 2. And Creed 3 just made me feel like real empty inside. <laughs> it just made me feel real empty. And I don't, I don't like that. I hope they, if they make a Creed 4, which it looks like they are. Because like I said, they're setting Creed's daughter up for something big. Um, they make a Creed for, uh, I hope, I hope they do something better. I hope they do something better. I hope they do something that can hold people's interest. And it might have held a lot of people's interest. Who knows? It might just be me, you know, but, but yeah, do I recommend the movie? Go see it. I recommend go see it. Go see it for the acting. Everybody's acting their ass off in this movie, you know, uh, also support black actors. Um, you know, you know, I'm all, I'm all about that. Um, and that's pretty much it, man. Uh, if I had to score the movie, I'd probably give it a three out of five. Cause like I said, the acting was good. Um, like the last boxing match was, was, was incredible to me. Um, and I like that they're trying to set up a future movie. They're trying to set something up for Creed four. Other than that, that's pretty much it. Um, I will be back with my review of Charlie's Angels right after these messages. Another movie from an old TV show. Uh, what are you going to do? Walk out. They go where no one else dares. They do what no one else can. So when there's only one chance to get it right, they're the ones to call. Who are you people? Damn, I hate to fly. But they only answer to me. My name is Charlie. 
Meet the most elite crime-fighting force ever assembled. They've got techniques you never dreamed of. You know, I signed that release waiver, so you can just feel free to stick things in my slot. Good morning, angels. Good morning, Charlie. Meet Roger Corwin. He's planning to steal a new software that can trace a voice signal anywhere in the world. That's where you come in, Angel. Charlie, would that mean undercover? I'll leave that up to you, Bosley. Oh, boy. Columbia Pictures presents... Thousand dollars, the girl catches him. A new breed of knockout. Could you hold on a second? It's just been kind of crazy this week at work. Cameron Diaz. I'm like a virgin, you know? I mean, it's my first time. Here. Drew Barrymore. A little help? Lucy Liu. At your service. And Bill Murray. I love fire. <laughs> this season, get some action. Charlie's Angels. And that's kicking your <laughs> Charlie's Angels from 2000. Let's get right into it. Let's get into the technical. This movie was directed by Mick G. Uh, it was written by Ryan Rowe, Ed Solomon, and John August. The budget for this movie was $93 million and it brought in $264.1 million at the box office. I would say that's a smash hit. Um, the Rotten Tomatoes score for this movie is 68%. Um, let's say, let's talk about how I saw this movie as a kid. I think I, I want to say I saw this movie when I was like 14. I was like a, I was a, I was like a teenager at the time. I was about like 14. I think I was like 14, 14 or 15 years old. Between that. Um, and I believe my mom let me order. My mom let me order this movie on pay-per-view. And like, th like this is still when you had to like call the cable company to order movies. Like this is how old <laughs> this was. Because I think I talked about in my Mortal Kombat review about. Uh, how my dad had to order like Mortal Kombat for me on the phone, you know, because I was like, because I was like pestering him about wanting to watch Mortal Kombat. And I was like, can, can I watch Mortal Kombat? Can I watch Mortal Kombat? It's on pay per view. And he was just like, okay. And he had to, he had to call the cable company to order uh, <laughs> Mortal Kombat. But like, yeah, this, this, this was, this as well, um, where like my mom had to call the cable company to order charlie's angels which i think that format changed like a year later i think that's when they like switched to like digital cable and like you could just like just hit the hit the remote and order a movie i think they did that like a year later like 2001 or 2002 like either one of those years that's when like they changed that format but anyway I remember liking this movie when I saw it uh, the first time, but I was 14, so that was probably my dick talking, you know, <laughs> you know like, I'm 14, I'm, I'm, I'm young, dumb, and full of cum, you know, <laughs> just balls, just 
balls just swollen. I just figured out what my I just figured out what my dick is used for. <laughs> but now that I've had uh, 20 years of post nut clarity and I've had sex with real women, let's see how I like this movie as an adult. The whole aesthetic of this movie is very early 2000s. It's very bright and colorful. And there's just something about this movie. Like from the beginning, from the from the from the opening of this movie, there's just something about this movie that's just so carefree and bubblegum. It's just very of that era, like the late 90s, early 2000s, like right before. I want to say like right before 9-11. I like we were still trying to carry on that carefree bubblegumness for a couple more years, but like it, we just started, it just started getting so cynical. Like the world just started getting so cynical uh a couple years after that. Really, like when like well Bush was in office in 2000. So it was like it was like around that. It's like it's kind of like the seeds planting. Of the America and the just the, the 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 divide that we see today, the racial divide, the political divide, the, the social economic divide, just like like it's always been there, bubbling under. But like it, like I want to say when like Bush got in office, it just started rising. You know, it just it just started to come out, but. Like this is kind of like this is kind of like the last bastion of just that carefree bubblegum era of like the late nineties. Uh, this is like the last of that. Like so, like this movie is just very much of that era. Uh, we start we start the movie off with LL Cool J in a dashiki for some reason, <laughs> and I want to say like this is probably his best acting but it's also charlie's angel so that's not saying very much uh the movie also makes fun of fun of itself you know it's like it has like one of those um i'm gonna make fun of me before you make fun of me type of jokes and it's just lame it's just a lame joke talking about oh wow they made a movie about a tv show you know, or something like that. It was, a, it was a lame fucking joke. It was, it sucked. Um, and then LL Cool J jumps out of a plane with a dude with a with a bomb strapped to his chest. Like, that's probably a lot to digest, but that happened. Like, then that seems to be that seems to be the whole theme of this movie. Like, they should have just called they should have just called this movie that happened is what they should have called this movie. Like, it was like that happened. Come in the theaters rated PG-13. <laughs> they should have called this movie. But then we meet uh, two of the angels played by Cameron Diaz and Lucy Liu. Uh, this is 2000. So uh, preteen teenage me is in the midst of having a huge crush on Lucy Liu at this moment. So like, like, like 12 year old me to like 15, 16 year old me. I was like crushing on Lucy Liu like hard. Anything she was in, I was watching just to see Lucy Liu. You know? 
<laughs> I was watching I was watching Ally McBeal just to see her and Lisa Nicole Carson. Lisa Nicole Carson was a baddie too. Like she she she's hot. I still got a thing for Lisa Nicole Carson. Uh, my crush for Lucy Liu has waned over the years, but Lisa Nicole Carson could could still get it. But uh, you know, <laughs> she's still kind of hot. Um, also, uh, LL Cool J isn't LL Cool J. It's uh, Drew Barrymore in an LL Cool J mask, which. Would that be considered blackface? I don't know. It's it's a transracial, transgender, interracial um thing going on here. You know, it's like a, a white woman pretending to be a black man. You know, it's just you know, it's 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 very confusing. Let's just say that. Uh, then we get like this absurd opening to the movie like just it's just like kind of like glossing over what the angels do like glossing over like each angel skill and what they're known for what they were doing it was like it's kind of a bio but like it's a bio for people with adhd it like it's the most early 2000s thing you ever want to see because it's just like Oh, this, this, and this, and this, and this, and this, and like it just whipped, like it's neck breaking speed, like neck breakingly just confusing. And you're like, huh, what happened? But anyway, but like I said, the most early 2000s thing you ever want to see. Speaking of early 2000s, Tom Green is also in this movie. <laughs> yeah, Tom Green. Remember when he used to sleep with Drew Barrymore? Remember that? Yeah, that was the time where Tom Green was sleeping with Drew Barrymore. That's how famous Tom Green was in 2000. He could pull Drew Barrymore as his girlfriend and I think later wife. I think they got married. I think they were married for a little bit and then they got a divorce. But yeah, Tom Green had Drew Barrymore for a little bit. Like, can't make this shit up. You can't write it. But like it happened. Uh, we also get uh, Cameron Diaz uh, shaking her ass in her underwear. You know, just because, just because horny. You know, I guess. <laughs> horny. Like I said, 14 year old me, loving that. Loving that. But 37 um, year old me is just like, why the, why the fuck is this happening? You know, like, you know. Why? Um, Matt LeBlanc is here also. Like, this movie... This movie literally has everybody in it. Has everybody. Everybody's in this movie. Like, McGee must have photos of these people with, like, Thai ladyboys or something. Because it's insane the amount of famous people that are in this movie. Like, it's crazy. Speaking of that, Bill Murray is here also as Bosley. He plays Bosley. Uh, I guess, like, Bosley's, like, the angel's boss or pimp or something. He, like, he, like, he act like a pimp. He act like, a, he act like an assistant pimp. Because Charlie is the is the real pimp. Charlie uh, uh, is played by John Forsythe, who was the original Charlie. In Charlie's Angels. He was the Charlie on the 1970s uh, television show. 
like he was he was he was on the 1970s uh television show and uh he was on the 1970s television show and so he reprised he reprises his role but after 15 minutes we finally get into the plot of this movie the angels have to figure out who kidnapped this uh software engineer named eric knox played by young sam rockwell uh the prime suspect is uh some guy named roger corwin who was played by tim curry uh tim curry is just being tim curry which means he's amazing you know, <laughs> you know it's, it's, he's amazing and everything like name name me a bad tim curry performance like i'll wait I'll wait. You can't, can you? Because Tim Curry is awesome, and he's always going to be that way, and he's going to stay that way, okay? Um, they also play uh, Independent Women by Destiny's Child, of course. That's the highlight of this movie. Like, that song was everywhere in 2000. Like, that year, like, you could not escape that that song. Uh, like, that's a lot of popular music being played in this movie. Like, it's almost like they're trying to, sh- to distract you from the fact that this movie isn't all that good. Let's just keep it at that. Um, Luke Wilson is also here. Like I said, man, McGee has pictures. He must have pictures. Like he got pictures of somebody. Uh, Luke, uh, Luke Wilson was also uh, one of Drew Barrymore's ex-boyfriends, though. So she probably got him in this movie. I'm not going to blame McGee on this. I'm not going to blame him on this. Because this is probably a Drew Barrymore pick. Uh, so like she's pretty much like. Giving her ex-boyfriend's work. Which it's kind of awesome of her honestly. I wish I had a ex-girlfriend. I wish I had an ex-girlfriend that would give me work. You know. <laughs> I wish I wish that would. I wish that would be a thing for me. Um, Then we get the famous fight in the alley with the thin man played by Crispin Glover which everyone used to think this fight was so cool back in the day I remember everybody used to talk about this fight I mean it's not bad like at some points it looks like a bunch of puppets fighting with all that with all that wild work that they do but it's not that bad of a fight it's a passable fight they also find um Eric Knox after that um, some say, some would say that they found him a little bit too easily, if you know what I'm getting at. Uh, we'll talk about that later. Um, it's also funny to see Sam Rockwell with this skater boy haircut, you know, like he's got like the swoop haircut from like the 2000s. He's got that going on. Uh, but like this movie is so ADHD, like a bunch of shit happens in the first 30 minutes and the movie is like an hour and 38 minutes like and like the first 30 minutes like they run out of things to do <laughs> like, it's just like oh yeah we did everything in the first 30 minutes what do we do now and so it's just a lot of the girls just gyrating and showing their body parts you know like they're just shaking their ass it's just a lot of like sexual stuff going on uh, which, I, like I said, 14-year-old me doesn't have a problem with this at all. But for 37-year-old me, not a good movie this makes. It doesn't make a good movie for me. 
Uh, a young Melissa McCarthy is in here also. Like, it's blanking you miss her, actually, because she's like a cameo, pretty much. If you if you can even call it a cameo, you know, like, because nobody knows who she is at this point. Uh, but, like, she's in this movie. She's cute, too. I like her. She's cute. She's a little adorable little thing. Like, she's, like, a cute... She looks like a cute 1950s housewife, you know? <laughs> That's what she's dressed as. She's, she's kind of adorable. I think she's cute. But, um... Also, speaking of nothing to do, uh, Cameron Diaz goes on Soul Train and dances the baby got back, but she ain't got no ass. She ain't got no ass, which is kind of disappointing because she's a Cuban girl from Long Beach, you know, so like that's kind of sad. She ain't representing the LBC, you know, (laughs) she ain't got no booty. Um, Tim Curry dies like the thin man kills him. And then all the angels like get like assassinations attempt assassination attempts, excuse me, uh, put on them. And when that happened, I was like, finally, something has happened because like there's like a good 20 to 30 minutes when nothing happens. And oh, yeah. And uh, Sam Rockwell is the real villain, which was very obvious, you know, <laughs> very, very obvious. So like they found this dude a little bit too easily. Uh, so I'm like, he's the real bad guy. And, like, he also shoots Drew Barrymore in the head, which she somehow survives. You know? <laughs> she's like, somehow survives it. And then they kind of, like, do, like, a flashback of that. And they'd be like, oh, no, she dodged the bullet. And she just went through the window. It's like, it's stupid. It's really dumb. I don't, I'm not even going to explain it. Um... That's it. This is this is also a movie with nothing going for it, but it somehow reaches its climax too soon, which is something I didn't think a movie could do. But Charlie's Angels accomplishes that feat. <laughs> they do it very well. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of this movie and I was just thinking I was thinking about this as I was watching the movie I was saying like there's a lot of this movie that just feels like a public domain movie you know like a public you know what a public domain movie is like it's like someone just wrote a random script and like slapped the Charlie's Angels name on it they were just like oh we got the rights to Charlie's Angels uh let's slap the name on it and make a Charlie's Angels movie because like this this movie could have been anything, man. Like, it could have been a Powerpuff Girls movie for all we know. You know? <laughs> it was like, we're shooting the Powerpuff Girls. And then they changed and they were just like, eh, now, now it's a Charlie's Angels movie. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it kind of fits that it could have been a Powerpuff Girls movie because Drew Barrymore could have been playing Blossom. Like, they just changed the name because she kind of does have the personality of Blossom. Cameron is very ditzy like Bubbles and Lucy is very uh Lucy Lou is like very no nonsense like Buttercup you know so this was probably a Powerpuff Girls movie at first because <laughs> in 2000 the Powerpuff Girls were super popular they were super popular the Powerpuff Girls uh because I think the I want to say that the show came out in 94 I think the show came out in 1994 but by 2000 like that show blew up like, Powerpuff Girls was everywhere. 
I mean, I used to watch it. I used to watch it. My sister used to watch it. My sister had like Powerpuff Girls like memorabilia. She had a lot of Powerpuff Girls merch, you know. So like I remember, you know, I I used to wrestle her Buttercup uh uh plushie, you know. Like I used to like do elbow drops on her Buttercup plushie. Like she had a lot of Powerpuff Girls stuff. Um, but yeah. But yeah, man, this could have been a Powerpuff Girls movie because, like I said, Powerpuff Girls were very popular back in the back in two thousand. Uh, but yeah, man. Overall, this movie is very pedestrian. Very pedestrian. It's just a bunch of noise and colors that don't mean anything. Uh, like I said, the story is pretty weak. Uh, thirty minutes in. Like, they do everything, and then, like, for the rest of the hour, like, they really have nothing to do. So, like, that's why I say it's just a bunch of noise and colors. Um, I don't blame any of the actors in this. as like, I don't blame Drew Barrymore or Cameron Diaz or Lucy Liu. They did the best with what they had, you know, and, like, it was 2000, so, like, they were being sexually exploited, uh, you know, for teenage, for teenage boys including me you know like i'm in there too i'm not i'm no i'm no different you know like i was like my 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 my, my little 14 year old pekka was hard looking at uh lucy lou so you know so, you know, so, <laughs> so i am no goddamn different but i'm never watching this movie again like it's something that i have no desire to go back to so there's no redeeming qualities to it. Like I said, don't blame anybody in this movie. They, they got a good paycheck. They took the money. There was a sequel, which I, I, I again, I saw that sequel too. So I'm going to have to review that as well. So look for that in the coming future. But like I said, no redeeming qualities. I'm not going back to it. Zero out of five. Uh, join me next week. Uh, I'm going to be doing an underground cult classic, you might say. Uh, a movie starring WWE superstar Rob Van Dam. I'm going to be doing the 1997 action film Super Fights. Until next time, peace.